across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. Get a free video of rapport building and touching during the listing presentation. Yes, the right way to touch and the wrong way to touch. Discover how eight top agents from around the world get sellers to instantly like them while eliminating the competition. Go to hybendigital.com backslash rebus. That's hybendigital.com backslash rebus. R-E-B-U-S. Okay, Rockstar Nation. Boy, I have a great guest coming at you. One of the top 25 coaches, according to Inman, for real estate agents. And get this, never been a real estate agent, never really sold houses other than himself. But he is highly sought after because what he's teaching teams and how he's teaching business practices to real estate agents, which at the end of the day, every real estate agent is a business person. So I have Travis Robertson. He runs Robertson Coaching International, and uh, he's got some great things he's going to share today. And so without further ado, Travis, welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Pat, thank you so much. Excited to be here. Excited to be with your uh, rock star nation and uh, just bring as much value today as I can. So why don't you give everybody a little background on yourself, Travis, so they can get to know you better. Yeah, perfect. You know, uh, long story short, my background is in technology. I helped build a couple of multi-million dollar businesses. I was on the tech side of a financial service company and then the tech side of a, a company that we did marketing and software development for the legal and healthcare industries. And truthfully, after nine, 10 years of, of working 90, 100 hour weeks, I, my body was breaking down. I was burning out just physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally. And so I, I left the space and I said, you know what, I'm getting out of this. And I uh, started doing turnaround consulting for small businesses, fell in love with that concept of helping people avoid some of the mistakes that I had made as, as I was building my companies. And, and I thought, you know, I'm going uh, to start doing some more stuff. And, and as I was doing that, people invited me to speak at their conferences and fell in love with the speaking space and the, the, the idea of getting on stage and talking to people and sharing my story and sharing what, what works and what doesn't. And somebody invited me to speak to the real estate industry. They said, you got to bring this message into the real estate space. And I was like, great, put me on a stage. I'd love to. And, and it was something that was different. It was something that was new. And, and people started coming up and saying, do you do coaching? Do you do training? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. And as I was mentioning to you, Pat, just kind of before the show started, you know, I didn't know what coaching was. I didn't grow up in this space. I didn't grow up around the Zig Ziglers and the Tony Robbins and all those people. So I had to Google it. Like, what is coaching? <laughs> I was like, oh, geez, I, I can do this. This is just turnaround consulting or business consulting on a different level. Yeah, let's stop and right so, there. Turnaround yeah. consulting. So he says, hey, first of all, Travis says something real interesting. He says, every real estate agent is an entrepreneur. Every yep. real estate agent is a business person. 
And essentially mm-hmm. what he's doing is he's turnaround. Con- instead of being a turnaround consultant as he has been in the past for small businesses and building businesses, he's like, wait a minute. You know, here's a bunch of agents. They're doing it wrong, essentially. They're, you know, their egos are really big, but their pocketbooks are really small. What, what is going, what is wrong here? Let me turn some things around. There's, there's room in here for me to help. And he's since done that. And now he's got a, a, a company of 15 people, nine full-time coaches that are helping real estate agents turn around their business for maximum profit, right? Yeah, I mean, it, and you're absolutely right, Pat, is that, you know, and, and I don't think people are doing it wrong because they're not smart. I think they're doing it wrong because the, the training and the education and the information that's out there and available has them chasing things that don't actually work. And it's a bunch of shiny objects and sexy, quote unquote, things that are supposed to work. But all they end up doing is throwing stuff against the wall and hoping something sticks. And they never understand how to build scalable, repeatable businesses and models. Mm. And that's really what we help them do. Wow. Wow. Okay. So this is fun stuff. So you had mentioned uh, a formula that you were talking about, an income acceleration formula, which is essentially the mathematical equation or an equation on how to make more money. Mm -hmm. I assume it makes how to make more profit, not money, because it's easy to make gross commission income. Uh, There's a million ways that you can spend money to make money in real Mm -hmm. estate. So I think you're talking Mm -hmm. about net profit, how to make more net profit. Uh, Tell us about this income acceleration formula. Yeah, absolutely. And Pat, you're absolutely right, is that the GCI is what we call the ego number. That's the one that strokes the ego, gets you the awards. But I've met a lot of agents doing seven figures GCI that their net is less than agents who are doing, you know, two, three, four hundred thousand GCI strictly because they don't know how to actually scale profitably. They're just growing the, the ego number. And look, it's, I'm it's all really about the ECI, get- not the GCI. Yeah, right? Exactly. Ego commission look, income. I'm all- Exactly. And look, I'm all, I'm all about the awards. I got no, no hate. If you want to get awards, uh, I, we have a lot of clients that stand up on stage and get the million dollar plus producer awards every single year. And we applaud them. We love them, but we also want to make sure that they're putting money in their pocket more so because building a team, as you know, Pat, it's a headache at times and it's challenging. And why put yourself through that? If you're actually going to make less money Mm. at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so, so go ahead. Oh, I was going to say you mentioned the income acceleration formula, yes. which really is a five-step process that once you understand it, you can rapidly grow your income, not just your gross. It will grow your gross, but it's ultimately going to grow your, your net take-home if you do it correctly. And, and so that's what I'd love to talk with you. And yeah, your, that'd be your great if, if you're willing today. to share this uh, equation with us. I'd love to hear it, yeah. Absolutely. So step one is what we call convince. And by the way, everything starts with a C because I like things that are easy to remember. And, And so the first step is convince, meaning what you have to do is you have to look at your business and say, how do I convince more people to engage with me, to engage with my brand, my messaging, what I'm doing than I had engaging with me yesterday, last month, you know, last year, because what we want to do is we live in a world where we see between every single one of us, Pat, sees between 3,500 and 4,000 advertising messages per day, which what? means- Wait a minute, stop right there. Yeah. 3,500, uh, you mean just from being on the internet, being online? 30, internet, I mean, that's 4,000, that's a, come on. 
it's a lie. I, and you don't know that you see this. This is what's crazy is that you have no idea you see this many ads per – it's advertising messages. So think about when, when you're driving to work, how many billboards do you see? You may not register them, but your brain sees it, filters it, and says it's not relevant. So this is what's really fascinating about our brains, Pat, is that we see, we're exposed to 3,500 to 4,000 advertising messages per day, which also be, means, by the way, every agent listening or every person listening who's even not – I know you got people listening to the show who aren't even realtors, but they have a message that they're trying to get out. Well, think about the fact that the people you're trying to get your message in front of they're seeing that many messages per day. And so the question is, how do you cut through that clutter? Because our brains are brilliant at fi filtering out things that it doesn't think are relevant to what it is that we're saying. So, Pat, you've probably heard this example. We've said it for years is that have you ever bought a car before, whether it's a new or used car? When you start looking to buy a car and you think, well, you know what? I kind of like that new BMW or I like that new Tesla. What do you start seeing everywhere you look when you think, I should get a BMW or I wonder if I should get a BMW? You see BMWs everywhere you go and yeah, you yeah. think you're freaking brilliant because right. you're like, man, everybody has a BMW. That's how smart I am. Right, reticular well, activator, right? It is. It's it, the reticular activating system, which basically says, this is relevant to you. It's all subconscious. We don't even think about it. Pay attention to it. Well, everybody who's got a message to get out has to get people you know, in front. They got to get their message in front at the right time so their brain is aware of it, sees it, and goes, hey, this is relevant. So, Pay so attention. how do you do this? How do you, how do you convince? Like, what are the steps to convincing? So what we talk about is, in, and what we teach our clients and our students, is that there's a, a, a methodology called... Uh, uh, the 360 formula. And so the 360 formula is really this, is what you want to think about is that everybody you're trying to reach, how can you be everywhere they turn around 360 in their life? So what are all the different endpoints that you have with them? Because if what you're trying to do is get your message out one way and one way only, using one medium and one medium only, you're missing out on a huge opportunity. Instead, you have to think about the person that I'm trying to reach. What are all the different steps that they take throughout the day. So most people, they wake up and what's the first thing they do? Check their phone. What are they checking? Social media, Facebook, Instagram, email, uh, text messages, messages, whatever it is. Advertisements, right? Everything, advertising. Yeah. And so, so they're on social. So where Spam. should we be advertising? We need to be in their text message. You know, we got to be texting them at the right time with the right message and providing value. Mm. We should be calling. We should be on Facebook. We should be on Instagram. We should be on Snapchat them. or whatever. You got to think about that. Like you're, you're convincing them from the minute they wake up, right? Mm-hmm. And Pat, good. here's good. here's what convincing is all about, and this is what I think gets lost on people is people think that if I'm a really good agent or if I'm really good at what I do people will beat a path to my door and I'm going to have all this business. But I love doing this. I, I go speak in front of thousands of people, Pat, and I, will, I always say this question. How many of you believe you're the absolute best at what you do? Raise your hand. Like you're a great realtor. Sure. And hands fly up, <laughs> usually. Every yeah, now and you got to be convinced that, that yeah. you're the best in order and, to be a salesperson. And, and, exactly. And so hands fly up. And I say, okay, now here's the next question. How many of you know an agent in your marketplace who does more business than you but isn't nearly as good yeah. at being an agent as you are? Raise your hand and All hands go them. up. Yeah. So what's the difference? It's not about being better as being an agent. I said being great is good. You need to be able to be great. 
but you have to be visible. And a buddy of mine, uh, I think that, let me stop you there. That's huge. I think that I felt like that my whole real estate career, you know, like uh, how could they list with him? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So much better. So much better. They just didn't know about me because I hadn't quote unquote convinced them. Yeah. And, and the concept is that your visibility is more important than your ability. And it's mm. not that being great at what you do isn't important. And by the way, that quote, visibility is more important than your ability, comes from my best friend, John Morgan, who wrote a book, a best-selling book called Brand Against the Machine. Nice. Brand Against the Machine. Great book. And, and I love plugging him because he's just a brilliant guy. And he says it this way, your visibility is more important than your ability. And I fully agree with that. Yeah, 100%. Because yeah. if you look at why that agent is better or has a a more successful business. It's not because they're better at what they do. It's because they're more visible at the right time. And people are convinced that your visibility is a reflection of your ability. And that is the key. So your visibility is ultimately going to get you in the door. It's your ability that's going to keep you in the door because we've all seen those office or those teams or those companies where people are coming in the door but their repeat referral business sucks because their quality isn't good. So if you have both the ability and the visibility, that's what positions you for long-term explosive growth and success. Wow. Because now people see your brand, they see you everywhere and that visibility convinces them that you have the ability. Now they show up, they're a client and your ability proves and confirms what they believed about you because of the visibility, and now you get the repeat referral on the back end. So you got you got to be in their face. You got to be one of the four thousand images they're going to see in a day, almost plus, every yeah. day. Plus, <laughs> uh, you got to convince. Okay, so what's the what's the second step? What happens? Second from there? step is you got to be able to capture that information. So you got to be able to capture their information through some sort of compelling offer. Mm. So you've got to be able to the people think. And I hear this all the time. They go, I just can't figure out why people aren't giving me their information. I'm like, how many days do you wake up and jump out of bed and go, I need to find a marketer that I can just give my information away to? We don't do that. We're so protective in today's day and age yeah. of our information. And we're really careful about who we give it out to. And I'm sorry, just giving people access to listings in today's world is not enough to get a bunch of people to go, hey, here's all my data. You know, here's all the different ways to contact me. Not that you shouldn't have search sites. Not that you shouldn't have things that are, you know, going to put stuff behind a quote-unquote paywall where, where they pay with their information to get access to stuff. But what are you going to give them that's far more valuable that is going to make them want to give you their information and give it to you like jump at the opportunity? So as an example, we say, look, you ought to be doing Facebook ads. I'm a huge proponent of Facebook advertising, driving them to a landing page and saying, hey, want to know the value of your house and all that stuff. I, we've been teaching that strategy for like four years now. So I'm a huge advocate of it. But the, the problem is, is that if that's all they do, that's what everybody does. And so what we encourage people to do is if you're running Facebook ads that are saying curious what the value is of your house or you know, want to know what the value is, once they do that, if they go through an automated process, then you start running ads to people going sick and tired of automated evaluations. Click here for a customized you know, power seller's report. Wow. Okay. So now what we're doing is we're stepping up the game and we're saying, look, everybody can set out an automated 
valuation. Like they can go to Zillow and get an estimated evaluation of their home and we can argue about the accuracy of that all day long. I don't care. At the end of the day, I want their information and then I want to reach out to them. In fact, I would prefer, Pat, that the estimate is wrong because now you get to show up and do your job. So you get to call somebody and say, hey, I got a copy of the estimate that my system provided you and I took a, one look at it and I think it may be off. Did you feel the same way? Wow. What are they all going to say? Yeah. Absolutely. Say, oh, yeah, of course. So you know what, Pat? I'm in the process of putting together uh, what I call my power sellers report. It's completely customized and I'm putting this together for you because I believe this is going to be valuable. It's going to show you not just what I believe your house is truly worth. It's going to also show you your move up, move down, move sideways purchase power. And I'm also going to hit you up with some loan information from my preferred lender so you have that available to you as well. A couple questions I need to get you to answer before I send this out. Do you have a moment? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Great. And so, then you just, so yeah. I'm sending out a power address, email, everything, right? Exactly. And I, you know, just need to confirm the address. Have you made any upgrades or modifications to the home? You know, tell me what do you think the best features are of your home, best selling features, and whatever information you want to gather. But now you're working at a different level than just people mm -hmm. who are going, hey, here's your automated evaluation. Now let me drop you on some drip campaign. I'm sorry, you can't drip your way into relationship. Wow. You can, you, can you can support the relationships you're building, but if you think you can drip your way into relationship, you're just dead wrong in today's world. I Everybody's drip. I love it. And it makes sense, right? You got you to gotta get their information. Your salespeople, follow-up is everything, and you can't follow up unless you have their information. So you got to give them something of value to capture that so you got convinced capture you that. got capture what's the third c third step is cultivate you got to cultivate that relationship and cultivate that person we know statistically that the average online lead and and i'm talking about online leads because i'm a huge advocate of it and and by the way we'll we'll talk about some a couple strategies for maybe some of your listeners who are like but i can't afford online leads i got you covered and and i'm gonna i'll rock your world in just a minute but for those that are, are getting online leads, we know that the average online lead is anywhere from six to 26 months out from being ready to buy or sell. But when do most agents need a paycheck? Six yeah, to 26 today. days. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, their time frames are so radically different. They're like, crap, I they're six to, to follow up with months. someone for 26 months. No, nobody one. wants to. And, and so what we want to encourage people to do is, is do kind of a uh, upfront hit them hard, hit them fast, and hit them frequently. Then if they're not responsive, you can do a little bit more of a drip marketing campaign that's at least going to keep you front and center and supplement that with online marketing, offline marketing, and, and routine calls and text messages. But the key idea is what are you going to do in those first two weeks? In those first two weeks, that's your golden opportunity. And truthfully, we know that it's really within the first five minutes is going to be the ultimate determining factor of your success. But if you follow up with somebody for the first two weeks very, very consistently, that's what's ultimately going to be a game changer. See, most agents, according to Real Trends, a study that Real Trends did, only contact a lead 1.2 times before they give up. And Pat, you've had people come up to you and go, oh, online leads suck. And it's like, 
No, they don't. Your lead nurturing process sucks. Mm. So let's look at how we're going to fix that. Because what happens, most agents, they call or they email and they go, well, the, the client or the prospect never emailed me back. I'm like, good grief. How many emails do you get a day that you don't respond to? Why don't we try a little harder there? And, and so what we encourage people to do is for good the first point. I like that. for the first 10 days, what would happen, and, and I'm gonna, what I'm about to say will give some of your listeners a mild heart attack, so hang with me, guys, and I'll explain it, is what if you were to make two calls a day, five days a week for two weeks straight, if you had a phone number, and you were to call them morning, afternoon, morning, afternoon, morning, afternoon for, for 10 days, 10 business days, and most people go, well, if I call them that many times, I'm going to piss them off, and they're not going to call me back, and with a little smile on my face, I usually say, well, they're already not calling you back. You may as well try pissing them off till they do. Because at some point, and, and I'm only mildly joking here, is that at some point what we're trying to do is just get them to respond so we can move them off into the right follow-up sequence that makes sense for their time frame or for their needs. And most of the time you won't even make that call. And, I, and look, I know most people that are listening right now are not even going to come close to that. And they're saying, ha ha, screw you, Travis, I'm not going to do it. So here's what I would say. What if you made two calls in the first day plus sent one email and one text message? Just day one, you did that. Okay, first then, day. First day, two calls, you know, morning, afternoon, or you know, if they come in early afternoon, one more time in the evening, whatever it is, two calls plus an email plus a text message. Then days two through five, you call them once a day and sent either an email or a text message, just checking in, following up, trying to get in touch with them. And what if you just stopped there? If hmm. that's all you did, how many people think that would improve their conversion rate? Well, yeah, of course it would. Sure it would. And because it if, wouldn't, if you're coming from zero to yeah. that, it's going to work, yeah. And, and it's just going to increase your contacts. It's going to increase your opportunities. It's going to increase the, the conversations you have. And the more conversations you have, the more clients you have. Now, are you going to say every day add one to that? Or are you just going to say leave it at two? What do you mean? Like every day, the, the next day you do three? Or no, is no, it, no, 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 no. You just leave you it at two. Two calls, two calls in leave, the morning. You do two calls on the first day, and then you only do one call for the next four days. You do one call a day for the next four days. So let's say a lead comes in on a Monday. So Monday morning you call, leave a message. If they don't return your call, try them again in that afternoon or evening. Just, hey, I wanted to follow up on the call I made today, blah, blah, blah. And you also send an email and a text message in the morning, not in the evening. Oh, I got Just gotcha. saying, okay. got your information. Now Tuesday, what am I going to do? I'm going to make another call. I may try and mix up the time of day that I'm calling or if I have a, a set time that I'm going to do my prospecting and calling, which I recommend then I'm going to you know, make that call during that time. At what time, at what time Travis, do you say, this guy's not calling me back, uh, enough is enough, uh, move on? Well, that's, that's my point here is I would say two weeks. Two weeks. But After most two weeks, ditch it. Most people, and, and put them into a, then you put them into a drip nurture campaign and, and you do maybe a quarterly just check-in text message or call or whatever you want to do. But what happens is, and, and there's a, an interesting example of this, is that uh, a buddy of mine was doing this in his business, 
And he had an agent on his team who was just pissed about this whole two calls a day, five days a week for two weeks straight thing. Sure. And when they first implemented it, she walked into the office when she was getting to the end of one of this and she you know, slams on the table and she's like, I am not making this 20th call. This is stupid. This is ridiculous. And he said, do you want more leads? Yes or no? And she goes, yes. And he goes, then you will make that 20th call. And she goes, what do I say? And he goes, I don't care what you say. Tell them what you had for breakfast for all I care. Make the call and move on. So she was a little passive aggressive. So she's like, fine, I'll show you. So she goes and leaves a voicemail on this guy's thing saying, hey, you know, uh, I want to be helpful. Here's, you know, just I won't say what her name was and what the, the team name was. But he, she said, I'll call her Mary. She goes, my name is Mary. And, or, hey, this is Mary again. And I, want to, I know you haven't been calling me back. I know you're probably busy, but I want to show you how valuable I can be with anything that I can help you with. And so my grandmother has these incredible Belgian waffles that I made for breakfast today, and I would like to share that recipe with you. And she shared the recipe for Belgian waffles. <laughs> okay. No joke. Hangs up the phone and is like, that'll show Joe, the team yeah, yeah. leader. And, and so a few hours later, they're sitting in a team meeting. Her phone rings. She picks up the phone, and she's like, hey, this is Mary. And and uh, out of the other end of the line, no joke, this is what she hears. Who are you and what is wrong with you? And she goes, who's this? <laughs> and, and the guy goes, you left me a message for Belgian waffles on my voicemail. She starts laughing. And she goes, oh, I did, yeah. And, and he goes, why would you do that? And he goes, she goes, well, I got you to call me back. She played it off like that was intentional. And, and the guy said, I apologize for not getting back to you. After I filled out the form on Zillow, I had a death in the family and I had to leave town for, for a week to, to deal with some stuff. And I've just been trying to play catch up and I'm really sorry. And, and you know what? I really appreciate uh, your, I appreciated your voicemail. I, in truth, I appreciated your, your persistence and you made me laugh. And I honestly needed a laugh. And I don't know why I listened to that last vo voicemail, but I did. And, and I want you to be my realtor because I do need to sell and I need, do need to buy a house. Within 30 days, he was under contract on another house with his house listed. That's so funny. It, now, I know what some people are thinking. They're like, I've got an incredible chicken enchilada recipe. No, I'm not saying you need yeah, to leave yeah. recipes all over Just people's voicemail. The point voicemail. is to say something and, don't, and don't, you know, don't be afraid to be like, oh, I got nothing. I mean, and the key is, and I know a lot of people listening are thinking in their head, man, there's no way 20 times or whatever I'm – yeah, they're, so don't they're, do they're that. gonna they're gonna think I'm crazy. But at the end of the day, if as a team leader you say this is required if you want more, or the fact of the matter is is if they don't call you back, you're still at zero, right? You started right. at zero, you ended at zero, you didn't lose anything. No, and, and look, it's all gonna be dependent on how many leads you get, how much time you have. But I, I know agents who are sitting on a bunch of leads and not a lot of clients who are like, Well, I don't have the time to do that. And it's like bull crap. Yes, you do. Pick up the phone and make the dials. And then when you legitimately don't have the time, fine, cut it back to three days that you're doing this instead of five days or instead of seven days. But right now you need the business. And and in fact, one of the things, Pat, that you one of the fun questions that you had is if you were on an island, you know, survivor style with nine other agents and your job was to, you know, the person with the lowest production every week would get kicked off, what would you do? I'd be pounding the crap out of that phone. I'd be yeah. all over it, making dials, making dials, making dials. At some point you got to pick up the phone and sell crap. That's it. Yeah, I I talked to an agent last week who who has something that they call the pot. And what the pot is, is every single lead from like the last five years mm -hmm. that another agent threw away. 
and mm-hmm. all new agents get access to the pot and you're never allowed as an agent to have more than 10 leads in your follow-up system. And as soon as you get an 11th lead, you have to figure out which lead in your 10 is the worst and throw it into the pot for the new agents or the agents that are bored, you know, that mm-hmm. want that want some people to call. Now you could go in and get it from the pot and follow up with it, but it has to stay in the pot until mm-hmm. you feel like pulling it back out of the pot again because it's better than the other 10 that you have. Does this make sense? Yeah, no, I think it's a clever idea. And there's I like 50 agents on this team. This mm-hmm. dude is huge. There's like 50 agents on this team and this pot is massive. So you're mm-hmm. throwing it back into this deep, vast space. I And, and I love that. And, and, and you know, I, I mentioned real briefly for the agents that are maybe on the line that don't have access to a pot or they don't have maybe the money for online lead generation or some of the systems that are out there, here's what I would say. Go create your own pot. So if I were a brand new agent starting today from scratch, had no money, let's just say I was a, you know, a broke brand new agent, but I had the hustle and the drive and that's what I got. So what I would do is I would go to every agent in my office and I would go to them and say, hey, how many leads have you gotten over the last 12 months? I'm just curious. I'm doing some research. And they go, oh, you know, hundreds or thousands or whatever it would be. And I'd start with the you know, bigger agents that I know are doing a lot of online lead gen. And I'd, and I'd say, you know, it must be hard to keep up with all of those. Oh, yeah, it is. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't, why don't you give me 20 I'll, I'll give you 25%. Give me all of your leads from six months or older. Six months ago or older, give me all your leads, and I'll give you 25% of anything I close from yeah. those leads. And I'll work them. I'll hustle. No, no, I don't. I, I, I have plans on doing something with them. Okay, what about 35%? I'd buy it all the way up to 50%. I go, tell you what, I'll give you 50%. Because what, what am I out? Nothing. It cost me nothing. And now I have leads that are six to 12 months old. Well, what's the magic number for when the online leads are starting to get ready to buy? Six months to 26 months. Yeah. So if I'm now picking up leads that are in that six to 12 month window or longer, I'm hitting them in the sweet spot. And now I can follow up, make calls, make text messages, shoot emails. And all it costs me was something on the back end, not right. on the front end. And you're the, so master of that, you're the master of that new pot because if mm-hmm. you wanted to, you could just call the, all the ones that are on the higher end to make bigger commissions and it'll still be more money. Then exactly. you know what I mean? Half of half of twenty grand is much better than seventy-five percent of five grand. So right. Uh, so you're in right. control there. Okay. So let's get on with this. So cultivate yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the fourth C? Fourth C is you gotta convert them. Excuse me, you gotta close them. Convert's coming in a second. Fourth C is you gotta close them. What and, close? And what's your is- definition of close? Close means from the time they raise their hand, they say, hey, I want to meet with you and find out you know, about either working with you, having you show me homes, or having you list my property to the time they sign on the dotted line, either a buyer agency agreement or a listing agreement, and they say, you are my agent, you're the one I'm going with. What is that process going to look like from the time they raise their hand to the time they've got that signed agreement? And yes, if you are working with buyers, I strongly recommend you get buyer agency agreements signed. Because if you don't, that's where you become an underpaid chauffeur running people around who are yeah. not truly serious. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the fourth one is, is closed, which is essentially get a commitment. We all know about that. Uh, obviously, that's the end goal and the start of any listing relationship or yep. buyer relationship. So then what would there be the last C? The last C is you got to convert them. You got to convert them into a five-star raving fan. 
And this is really going to come down to, see, everybody talks about repeat, referral, repeat, referral. And I love repeat, referral. I think it's great. But most people don't know how to actually create repeat referral. And it starts with how you service your client and it ends with what you do after the sale is done. And most agents, they think, well, if I meet my client's needs, if I meet their expectations, they're going to use me again and they're going to refer me. And we just know that's not the case. Because if you go to a hotel, and, and, and I love this example, if you go stay at a hotel, you expect clean rooms and friendly staff. If you show up at the hotel and the rooms are clean and the staff is friendly, do you call all of your friends and be like, bro, you will never believe <laughs> this no. hotel I'm staying you might at? Go on trip I walked in. Yeah, I walked in and the staff smiled at me. It was amazing. And the rooms were clean. There were no blood stains, no body chalk outlines. It was, um, it was incredible. <laughs> your friends and family are going to be like, uh, where are you staying that that's not normal? Yeah. Some truck stop motel with a 50 cent vibrating bed? You got to up your standards. But, you know, so just having your needs met isn't, isn't going to do it. But I was staying at a hotel. Some clients flew me up to Minneapolis, St. Paul about five years ago. And, and they put me up in a hotel chain called the Sofitel Hotels. And at the time, I had not stayed in one before. And, and some of your listeners may have. And it's a French-owned hotel chain. So I showed up expecting what? Clean rooms, friendly staff. So as I'm showing up, I, you know, I'm in the rental car and, and I pull up and they open the door at the valet and they speak to me and it's like, bonjour, monsieur, welcome to the Sofitel Hotel. And it's kind of with these fake French accents and they're all in Minnesota. So it's like, bonjour, you know, don't you know? And they're doing this whole thing and it's fun and it's cute. And I can't walk like five feet without them going, monsieur, can we help you with your luggage? Monsieur, can we get you some water? Monsieur, very, very attentive. And so I'm having this great, incredible experience and, and I get up to the room and the room's clean, it's beautiful, but I had to order a 4.30 a.m. wake-up call. So as I'm ordering this wake-up call, you know, early stage time, all of this stuff, I hate wake-up calls. So at 4.30 in the morning, the alarm goes off or the wake-up call goes off. I hate it. It's terrible. It's just a life-sucking experience. But I, you know, and at 4.30 in the morning, what's the first thing I need? I need coffee. So I'm fumbling around for that in-room coffee maker. And those things always kind of wig me out a little bit because you never know when the last time was it was clean. They're all black. Yeah, so you right. can't see what's growing in it. The cream so is I'm powder. Making, everything's powder. Cream is powder. It's just, it's just nasty. And so I'm doing all this. And uh, so I hear a knock on the door. I'm like, who on earth is knocking on my door four thirty, four forty in the morning or whatever it was? So I throw on that robe that they leave you in their hotel because I don't want to answer the door in my underwear. So I open the door and standing there is a guy in a suit with a tray and a towel over his arm and two piping hot cups of coffee. And he looks at me and he goes, Bonjour, monsieur, would you like some cafe? He was a little perky for 4.30 in the morning, but he had two piping hot cups of coffee that were not made on my in-room coffee maker. And I looked at him, and I grabbed the coffee, and I said, yes, bring more, because I drink a lot of coffee, and I shut the door. And he comes back. Ten minutes later, he's got more coffee for me. And I'm thinking, how hard was it for them to realize that at 4.30 in the morning, at 4.30 in the morning, this dude orders a wake-up call. I bet he likes some fresh-brewed coffee. Not hard. But it would have been easier for them to not do anything because I wasn't expecting anything. See, what they did, it cost them 76 cents and a dude with a fake French accent. And they changed my perspective of what a wake-up call should be strictly because they saw my need and they met it before I even knew I had it. Now, everywhere I go, Ritz-Carlton's, you know, Omni Hotels, nice hotels, whatever they are, I order a wake-up call and I don't get coffee delivered by my door to, by some dude with a fake French accent. I'm pissed. You know, because yeah, that's the new that's standard. That's the new standard. So, so, so how do we relate this to real estate and how do we relate it to the last C? 
So how do you, what are you going to do in your business to understand that your clients have needs, your clients have desires, and, and you already know what they are. If you've done this five times, if you worked with five clients, you should now figure out that, hey, I keep getting this question all the time at this stage. The minute a contract is signed, the minute an offer is accepted, this is what they're going through and they all want to know the same thing. What are the next steps? When can I expect this? When can I expect that? Why not just deliver a document that says, hey, by the way, now that this is done, let me show you what the next steps are. Here's when you can expect this. Here's when you can expect this from me. Here's what I'm going to be doing for you. And you, you start meeting your client's needs long before they ever know they have them. See, most people, when they sign a, a contract with an agent and they choose an agent, what is their biggest fear? My agent's not going to call me back. They're going to be impossible yeah, to get in touch with. Yeah. Communication sucks. So what if you over-communicate, you hyper-communicate, and you stay in touch, and you use things like bomb-bomb videos so that you're keeping in touch and you're saying, hey, here's what's going on. They see your face, and you now know when they watch the video, when they played it, so when they opened it. From start to finish, they can like can't, just like the way you followed up, you converted, just, just the way you followed up you know, with the third step, like massively, you're doing yeah. with the fifth step, which is creating a raving fan basically so that they're like a sofa tell, which is like, they can't believe that this agent is so uh, great and follow up. Uh, yeah. So that if they ever went to another agent, they'd be like, damn, this agent sucks because they never call me. Yeah. Pat, you know, this as well as I do, everybody wants word of mouth. Very few people do anything worth talking about. Mm, wow. And that right. is right. the key. What are you doing? Them. That's worth talking about and if you can't honestly look at your service and go yeah not much i'm doing pretty much what every other agent does then why is anybody going to talk about you yeah absolutely I, I love this well well listen travis this has been awesome guys i'm going to put travis's all of travis's information his contact information his website uh everything we talked about in the show notes hybendigital.com backslash <laughs> Travis Robertson. That's hybendigital.com backslash Travis Robertson. Travis, would you like to finish this off with any last words of wisdom? Well, you know, Pat, I just want to say thank you so much and thank you to your, uh, your rock star nation. Here's the deal is that at the end of the day, no matter what your situation, no matter what your status is in, in your business, how new you are, how experienced you are, there's two things that are going to make you successful in any business. How hungry are you and how much hustle do you have? The greater the hunger, mm. the greater the hustle, the greater the success. That's what it comes down to. I agree. And too many people don't have enough hunger or not enough hustle. And they have the they don't have the success that they want. They sit around and they wonder why. It's because of those two things: build the hunger, create the hustle, go out and get what you want. Boom! I love it. Thanks, Travis, buddy. Have a great day, and hopefully next time I'm in uh, Newport Beach area, Cali, I will definitely look you up. We'll break some bread. Absolutely, brother. Come on down. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this session of Real Estate Rockstars. I'm Pat Hyben, and I appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock-solid advice. I encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with. These insights, along with goal setting, will help carry you to achieving your destiny. Visit hybendigital.com for resources, how-tos, ebooks, and so much more. Also, reach out to us on Twitter. My handle is at Pat Hyben. And don't forget, Rockstar Nation, keep rocking. And now a word from our sponsor, Rebus University. Get a free video 
of rapport building and touching during the listing presentation. Yes, the right way to touch and the wrong way to touch. Discover how eight top agents from around the world get sellers to instantly like them while eliminating the competition. Go to hybendigital.com backslash Rebus. That's hybendigital.com backslash Rebus. R-E-B-U-S. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.